Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. I'm back, baby! And I'm sure everyone can tell by the intro music that we are back. Greg is coughing and screaming into the mic. We probably lost all of our listeners and watchers already because of that glorious opening from Mr. Sussman. There you go. I just did it to prove I was sick. How you doing, Greg? You still don't sound 100%, you're right? I'm not 100%. I mean, you obviously heard it when you were doing all the work this morning that my voice was coming and going. That's, uh, that's honestly where I did hear it. And, shameless plug, just going to throw it out there. If you guys want to play the MLK Day slate for NBA, yeah. head, like, check out the YouTube. We just put up all the tip drill videos, uh, DFS for today. So, if you want them in, win money, get in there. So, it's already out there. You saw, like, in those videos that I'm trying. Like, I'm really trying to push this thing through. And I'm really... Really struggling. Well, we did it. We made it. You made it. You did it. I did. Now that I saw uh, you tuning in last week towards uh, the end of the week, man, like you could tell as I was getting healthier, I was being more involved. Like I watched obviously the entire show on Thursday. I was in the chat talking to everybody. Um, So my story is basically I wake up last Tuesday. I go to bed Monday night. I'm not feeling great. I wake up Tuesday. I'm like, this is not good. I immediately go, my, my alarm goes off. I go to the bathroom. And usually, I just push through anything, right? Like I show up, I show up when I'm sick. It doesn't matter. But I was like, "This is this isn't good." So I put my thermometer in immediately, a hundred, hundred point four, and it took like one second for the thermometer to read. Like this, this is bad. So I'm like, "All right, fine. I'll take the day." And I've never taken a sick day in my life, not in my life, in any job I've ever had. I've taken a sick day. Like I've, I've left early before. If I'm just, I got my I, my stuff done, and I get out of here. But I've never taken a sick day. Let me just take this day. It should be a pretty easy day for the guys. No big deal. So I text everybody. I'm not. I'm sick. I remember, Frank, last year when Judy was sick, desperately, I slept on the couch for three days. Remember this? Oh, yeah. So I exiled. Right. Or you exiled yourself. Correct. So I told Judy, like, listen, I'm sick. So she's like, go to the doctor. And um, me being a guy, I'm like, I'll be fine in 24 hours. I'm not going, you know, I'm fine. So I said, if I'm still feeling terrible on Wednesday morning, I'll go to the doctor. Wake up on Wednesday, and the thing is with the flu, the temperature, your temperature just goes like this. So my temperature was 98.7 when I woke up at, when I woke up at 6.30 when my alarm went off. I'm like, oh, perfect. So I was like, you know what? I'll just take another day off. I'll be fine. I wake up at 8 o'clock. My fever's at 101. I'm like, this, this isn't good. So I go to the doctor. Yeah, you got the flu. Christ. So Judy slept on the couch all week. So now you exile Judy to right. the couch. She was, I was like, you can sleep here. She's like, was, I'm not. Was that the plan? She was, 
She just wanted to sleep on the couch because she didn't want to get sick. She didn't want to get sick. So um, Wednesday and Thursday. No, it was only Wednesday. She only saw that. Oh, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. She's up on the couch. Um, and what I, if the power of her cuddling would have uh, remedied you, Greg? I wasn't like coughing up a storm. I just had a very sore throat. And we'll never know because we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once I once I started getting the medicine where they give you very heavy ibuprofen, the remedy of and Theraflu. Once that happens, you feel you feel a lot better. So I felt good on Friday. Greg Sussman, definitely a small spoon kind of guy. A small spoon? No. Yeah. For sure. No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not. So I thought I was going to try to come back so on Friday. Back to death. The doctor told me to come back, back to Monday. Life. I thought I was going to come back on Friday, but then I went out for a little bit, to like Bed Bath and Beyond, and I felt miserable. I was like, this is not good. So then I finally get back to normal. Like yesterday, Saturday and Sunday, I was fine. And here I am. So that's my story. Well, we're happy to have you back, Greggy. How do you, you and think Jim did a great I did, job. You and Jim did a great uh, job. As, as a host. Did but, I do all right? I think you, were, you and Jim were great. Ask and you shall receive. I was Behind engaged. the scenes, I, I was asking Greg. Uh, yeah. You know, I want to do, uh, do some more hosting stuff. So I, I get to host BFFs for the rest of the week. Get to host a FanDuel Hurry Up video with Jim Sonis. Yeah. There you go. It was a busy week. It was a busy week for you. I wanted it, and you know, I got it off my chest, and now we could wait another six months before I host some stuff. I wouldn't say that. I'll be sure I'm not, <laughs> I'd like to. And maybe we'll sprinkle some stuff. Hopefully I will, Greg doesn't get sick again. Hopefully not. That'd be very terrible. But I'm going on vacation soon, so you can host that week. All right. I, I you know what? I was looking up at the board last night uh, um, downstairs, yeah. and uh, I was like, oh, Greg's going to be out. So yeah. I have to figure out what to do then. That was a planned vacation. Yeah. Uh, for a while. And that's going to be post-Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll probably be like Frank dives deep into baseball. That'll be like the introduction to baseball. Well, the introduction, I don't want to do it without like right intro- around. I'll but. be here the week before with the introduction to baseball. Because it's, yeah. it's not right after the Super Bowl. It's like we have a week and then I'm off. Yes. And I, and I do that purposely. But that first day will obviously be like Super Bowl recap. I'll so be here. On right, so right. Forth. Of course, I'll be here. All that. Yeah. Um, and I did it purposely because that week's also All-Star Break week, so there won't be much NBA for us to do. Okay. So that's why I wanted to leave it when it was a lighter week, ideally. Yeah. I'm just letting you know right now that, what is it, like February 11th? It's, my, it's also my birthday. Oh. Happy early birthday, Greg. Uh, we'll be on vacation. Yeah. So it's like the 11th to the 15th. I'm going to try and get either a baseball guest, like, in studio, on Skype, every day that week. I'll, I'll, I'm going to figure it out. Okay. There we go. So that's the plan. Football, Greg. Maybe because of what happened yesterday. Like, maybe because I was watching you last week. Like, I'm... I'm pretty ready to start talking baseball. Like I know I usually I'm the hard ass that says, "Listen, the day after the Super Bowl is when we begin." But I was going back through my old notes from last year and whatnot, and we were we were fresh, we were deep into it by now. Yeah, and uh, you know, last week I'm trying to find things to talk about. I'm talking about like the Cam Newton injury with yeah, uh, uh, well, with, with you doing offensive coordinator changes. I was talking about yeah, coordinators, everything because you know last year we said we wanted to put more of a focus on like offensive coordinators, Correct. so on and so forth. Yeah, so it was great, great show. I, I thought Bevel, you know, talking about him and like on Johnson and like the Lions sure. passing game um, made a lot of sense. But and you know, I asked people, I opened it up, and I got a few tweets and I got a few responses in the chat where people kind of wanted like they're very. Fantasy owners are like, all right, on to the next thing. Like, they don't really yeah. want to, yeah. you know, talk about football for next year. So we're going to start to sprinkle that in a little bit as well. Maybe the rest of the week I mentioned, maybe we'll do like a segment per day where we talk about like something no, that if, happened in the offseason. You know, season. honestly, if not, not even maybe even a little more because much to talk about. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they said maybe talk about some basketball too. So sure, it'd be great. Yeah, Figure some stuff out. We talk about, you know, recap a little bit from the night before in the NBA, some, some waiver wire stuff. Uh, some DFS stuff, some betting stuff, and then uh, we also have some 
some baseball uh, trans- transactions that have happened in the offseason. But I think it's time, Greg. It's time to do it. It's time. Yeah, I, I went it's to, time. I, for the first time in 2019, I went to it's fangraph.com just football. now. And I was, I was looking up some random stats. So I'm ready. I'm ready well, to run. Shout out to Michael Florio, too. He was asking yesterday, who's in the league? That's named BFFs in the, in the Beat Mike Florio best ball draft. Huh. It's, it's actually me. Nice. It's me. That's cool. And I have the 11th pick in a best ball draft. So this is my first uh, baseball draft of the season. Let's see how it goes. Nice. I know a few of our listeners are also in this draft. So Nice. It'll be fun. That's awesome. I also just found out, so the home, you know who had the highest home BABIP last year? Any player. Home BABIP. Yes. No Carlos Sane. That's away BABIP. He has number one in the MLB. Really? Away BABIP, number one. <laughs> Giancarlo Stan, 400. Wow. All right. Couldn't perform in front of the Bronx crowd, huh? No. But home, you know who's number one? Who is it? Aaron Judge, another Yankee. Aaron Judge. There you go. All right, close enough, you know? How about I wasn't that? far off. No, not at there all. There you go. Got my that? baseball down. Ready to there go. There you go. All right, let's get into this. Um, I'm very excited, obviously, to talk about both these games from yesterday. I'm excited to be back um, hosting and back with you guys. And we'll start with the first game, right? The Saints and the Rams and everything on Twitter. Every First statement is how screwed the Saints got by the pass interference non-call in a league that loves to call penalties in general. They didn't really call much yesterday in this Saints-Ram game, especially the pass interference that wasn't. Now, I'll say this to you, Frank. I will say this. Bill Vinovich's crew called the least amount of penalties all year. Of any crew. And Vinovich was clearly one of the top three refs all season long. That's why he did more Sunday Night Football games than any ref in the history of Sunday Night Football. That's why he, he refereed two playoff games. Nobody does that anymore, other than in the Super Bowl. Two refs did it this year. Cleet Blakeman, Patriots ref, and then one of the refs the Ram game, Bill Vinovich. They clearly thought these three referees were their best three referees all season long. They missed it, obviously, with the pass interference. Clearly. They missed it. But, they had the ball first in overtime. Patriots never gave the ball back to the Kansas City Chiefs. New Orleans did. You can say whatever you want about that missed call and how it's BS and you're never getting over it and they got screwed. And you're right. They did get screwed. But they had another chance. They had a chance. Many chances. They... With a game on the line, they gave the ball back to the Rams. They came down and allowed a 47-yard field goal. And then you know what happened? They got the ball back in overtime. And they couldn't do anything. They punted the ball away. Rams get it back. And they allowed a 57-yard field goal. Wait, sorry, but they intercepted it. Drew Brees threw an interception. Whose fault is that? The refs? They got screwed on the pass interference. No guarantee they would score a touchdown there, for the record. They got screwed. But technically, they could have wasted the clock at that point, couldn't they? If they get a first down there, then they waste the clock and kind of kick a field goal with like no time remaining. Was it no, was it no time remaining? I, I wasn't sure. So they kicked the field goal with 141 left in the game. The Saints did. 141 left. Okay. To go up uh, 23 to 20 at that point. Oh, so they could have. What they so could have. Uh, no. If they get the first down there on their side of the field, then got it. You, right. you make you make the Rams waste their timeout, so on right. and so forth. They got screwed. Right. Like they absolutely got screwed. They got screwed. Yeah, got screwed. Like if they got okay. calls made, they so, win the game. So it's fair over. enough. Quick pivot. They got screwed for sure, but they still had chances to win the game after that. Not saying that they didn't get screwed, as they did. 
They had chances, man. They, had, they yeah, had the Rams only had one timeout left at that point. So at when, that, when that so non-call, they, so yeah, so they not called right. <laughs> so they run it all the way down, kick a field goal, and, and go to the championship. Okay, fair enough. But even still, what I thought was crazier about the call was that everything that came out afterwards, like everybody knew. It's like. Even, like, Nikel Roby Coleman came out after the game and said, yeah, I, I blocked the guy. Like, I got beat. And, you know, you heard the announcers talking about, well, if he has his head up, I mean, he might take this back for a pick six if he's just, like, watching the play, right? And, like, at the time he got there, like, he, he got there early. So if he just has his head turned around, like, this is potentially, like, an interception going back the other way or at least a pass defended, whatever it might be. But the fact that he came out after the game and said, yeah, I got beat. I just clocked this guy before the ball was there. That's a real bad look for the NFL, man. So, I look, I feel for Saints fans. Um, you know, anyone who lives in New Orleans that was, you know, obviously there supporting the team, like, there, there was, like, five long seconds after the play end where, like, everybody's waiting for a, a, a flag to come out. Well, everyone except me because I have a Rams Super Bowl ticket from before the season. So, I'm like, all right, no call. Sorry for me uh, and anyone else who might have a Rams ticket, but... Uh, and then, like, with Sean Payton coming out after the game saying, I already spoke to the league's office. Like, they said they blew the call. I saw something on Twitter after the game that said, if Roger Goodell wanted to, like, he can flip the decision. But it's, like, one of those things where, can you really do it after the fact? No, like, can you really flip a decision Because after the you fact? have no idea. We, there's no way that'll ever happen. Because, quite honestly... Fine, you can run the clock out. Number one, you got to kick the field goal still. Mm-hmm. And we've we have seen twenty yard field goals be missed before, no doubt. You got to and Vinatieri the week before. <laughs> you got to you have to snap the ball and kneel or hand it off. There could be a fumble. There could be a botched exchange. There's all mm-hmm. these things that could have happened where you can't just say. Like, there's what? no what if. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Go back to that moment in the game, like set up. And, like, there's really nothing you could do there. What I thought was interesting when you kind of when you eliminate the penalties and everything. And I thought it was fascinating. If you look at the team stats for both sides, Greg, identical. Like, they were identical. First downs, 19 each in the game. Total plays, 68 to 64 advantage Rams. Uh, Total yards, 378 to 290. That was a little bit more for the Los Angeles Rams. They were playing from behind earlier on in the game. Passing, 26 for 41. Exactly the same. Uh, Rushing, 77 to 48. Thought there would be more rushing involved in this game. Uh, That ended up not turning out to be the case. Turnovers, one each. Time of possession, 32-36 for the Rams, 30-41 for the Saints. This game, I mean, split down the middle, like, it was even. It was a very Which is actually surprising because when you watched it, you didn't really feel even, right? Maybe because it was all the noise coming from the New Orleans side, but it it felt like New Orleans was in control for most of the game. It felt like New Orleans was just dominating the game. And they didn't. And the Rams hung around and hung around and hung around and ultimately got lucky in a way, sure. But uh, Jared Goff made some money throws. You cannot dispute that. Made some money throws. Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg, made two huge field goals. One to send the game into overtime and one to send the, the Rams into the 57 Super 57-yarder, I mean. 57-yarder. That's very deserving. Say what you want about the game. You kick a 57-yarder to win the game. With 15 yards to spare. <laughs> the guy could have <laughs> hit ball it from was 70. All the way up. Easily. It's Greg the Leg for a reason. Absolutely. So... They deserve to get there, and, and say what you will, uh, but they deserved it. I thought the biggest takeaway from the game, we have two minutes before the break. What the F is going on, dude? What the F's up with your man, Todd Gurley? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, he came out after the game and said, I'm healthy. I'm 100%. Someone's lying. 
Somebody's lying here. Something because you don't give the ball. You don't like look at the touch breakdown. C.J. Anderson had 17 touches in this game. Todd Gurley had five. Todd Gurley, including two very pivotal. He drops, plays by the, the way. He plays the first two drives entirely. Has those two egregious drops that we you don't mentioned. see him again until the fourth quarter. I got nothing, man. It's not like C.J. Anderson was running away with the job. 16 for 44, 2.8 yards per carry. C.J. Anderson wasn't doing anything. You saw. You actually. You saw Gurley in the two-minute drill. The end of the C.J. Anderson half. got them down the field, and then Todd Gurley runs in for the touchdown, which was annoying because a lot of people had C.J. Anderson in DFS. It wasn't annoying. A lot of people also annoying. had Gurley. But. It was, it was mind-boggling. Now, Gurley said something like this. I was sorry as hell today. I was sorry. So C.J. did his thing, and the whole team did his thing. Was what does it like, that mean? Was it like a disciplinary issue? Sorry. Like, yeah, that's, um, what I, that, that's what I thought, too, when I read it. Like, I was sorry, but then when you kind of read further into it, it seems like he's apologizing for how badly he played. But like, he, I'm sorry that I dropped the ball, and it went into the arms of a So of you a got benched for C.J. Anderson because you dropped the ball? That's not then the, well, C.J. That Anderson, wasn't the case. C.J. Anderson because almost— Because the week before, what was the case then? Of course. Dude, C.J. Anderson almost dropped the ball, and they left him in there. He almost fumbled the game away, and he left him in there. What are we doing? Like, will it ever come out? It better, man. It better. Oh, my God. A lot more to talk about with Todd Gurley, the Rams, the Saints, and a whole lot more. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Fantasy Football Frenzy DFS Writer of the Year finalists Nobody from Daily Roto Where the millionaires are made right. Seven cats have won million dollar prizes mm-hmm. With Daily Roto subscribers mm-hmm. And not one single Daily Roto writer No Mike Leone No Drew Denkmeyer yeah. No Ricky Sanders Nothing, nothing mm. It's interesting Weekdays, 1pm Eastern on FNTSY Radio And on your popular podcast providers The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities, and simulator outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tips, subscriber chats, and more. 
Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and choose Golf. Enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium and click on Golf. Enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. All right, Frankie. Is he hurt? Was he benched? Is it disciplinary? What is going on with Tyler? No, Bailey? it's not disciplinary. I, I don't think so. I think he's playing hurt. I think they're trying to keep this hush-hush right now. They gave him the final two weeks of the season off for a reason. I wouldn't be surprised if he's dealing with some kind of you know partial tear uh, that they don't really want to come out during the playoffs right now uh, because then they're going to make it a bigger story than it is, and then you know he's not going to be able. I mean, if you're looking out for player safety and he actually does have some kind of partial tear to his knee, then he shouldn't be playing at all, and they probably don't want that to keep uh, to come out. But uh, that also, okay, I mean, so, that, that, that's kind of, um, like, wait a minute, that's kind of unethical, unethical too, right? Like, sure. if he's playing like hurt. But he's probably giving them his consent. Like, but here's the thing: that's still allowed. Technically? No, I, I don't know. He's not even on the injury report. It's not even like he's probably supposed to list those things. So, I mean, if he comes out after the season that he has surgery, can't they get like in big trouble? Yes, that's how it's supposed to be. But we think things like this in the NFL happen all the time, Greg. I understand like, that, they, dude. You know, they make players inactive who aren't hurt at all, or they'll keep players playing through injury. Like this has happened since the beginning of time when it comes to football. Like there are loopholes to get through these things all the time, Greg. I, I think he's playing hurt. I totally understand that. I understand that. This isn't like the Steelers' final game of the season and you're disciplining Antonio Brown uh, by not playing him against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, a game where you'll probably win with Antonio Brown anyway. Like, this is the playoffs. So, you, it, it, to me, they're not disciplining him. You can't do that. Like, you sit him down a quarter, but you don't give C.J. Anderson 17 touches and give Todd Gurley only five for some kind of disciplinary issue. I would I would be extremely surprised if that were the case. It's just weird, man. Even if he's hurt, if he is hurt, what are we doing? Why why is he out there at all? Like why is he playing the first two drives then coming back in the fourth? But the thing, he looked pretty spry against the Cowboys though. He looked, he looked spry, spry yesterday. I mean, 75% Todd Gurley is probably still better than a lot of running backs in the NFL. I don't get it, man. Probably still better than CJ Anderson, but for whatever reason, I don't get it. Did you see, did Sean McVay answer any questions about it after the yeah, game? Yeah, he like, said it was game flow. Game flow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're playing from behind. Right. How's, right. how's CJ Anderson being in their game flow? Mm-hmm. Unless he's healthy, he's healthy enough to pass block. Todd, I mean, if Todd Gurley's dealing with an injury, you don't want him in there pass blocking. If you're playing from behind, and you're, you know, you're trying to pass the ball more, get back into the game. You don't want Todd Gurley in there taking shots from linebackers Frank, who are blitzing you. Frank, they were up all week last week. And it was game flow why he wasn't in there. And that was the opposite game flow. All right, so what's the answer? I don't, there's no answer. There is no answer. It's weird. It's, I mean, it's speculation really, on everyone's part. Really, really weird. How about Drew Brees, aside from the pass to Ted Ginn down the field, he hasn't looked the same. In the second half of the season, I don't know what happened to him. Not taking as many shots down the field. Maybe it was a credit to the Rams' defense. And you know, one thing I was actually right about for once uh, on Friday was that I didn't think Michael Thomas would have a big game. Yeah. And I thought Wade Phillips' defensive game plan would be, all right, you see a lot of Tlaib on Thomas, which was the case. I, you know, you send a lot of double teams Michael Thomas's way and let everyone else beat you. Well, they almost did. I mean, Alvin Kamara was like one drive where they threw to him like four times in a row. You might as well just call him James White. 11 receptions for 96 yards. Also another thing, that was like the easiest player prop of the weekend. His his over-under for receiving was 40 and a half, Greg. I mean, that was a stealing Kamara, money Kamara. for Kamara. He got that, that, one, one, he got that one drive, yeah. 
Yeah, and he got in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so that was easy too, but yeah, it was it was great defensive game plan from Wade Phillips. But Drew Brees hasn't he hasn't looked the same since like that, you know, that Thanksgiving game against the the Falcons. I don't know if it's like age catching up. To, like he hasn't to me been able to throw the ball as effectively down the field. Yeah. Well, I think it, in the second half of the season, really. I think it's interesting. I mean, he took a couple of shots, like Ted Ginn had a big You can't just say, one. like, oh, every game it's a road game. No. They played home in this game. Yeah, yeah, of course. Still didn't take a lot of shots. They played home last week. He underthrew Ted Ginn on what would have been a touchdown. Akeem would have been me a lot of money. Akeem Tlaib got, um, got a lot of credit for yesterday. Marcus Peters actually played much better on Michael Thomas. Like, I was watching Michael Thomas in particular. Marcus and Peters, what a work of art. He played, way, he played, yeah, right. He played very, very well on Michael Thomas for the most part. We Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had a touchdown. Drew Brees did not put a good ball on that. Yep. And Michael Thomas didn't make a good catch on that. That was very frustrating. We ain't done yet. You see that interview? I don't, even, li- Peters? I don't even like gumbo. <laughs> I don't even like gumbo. How about after the game? He's screaming gumbo. Come on. Grow up. Come on, Marcus. Yeah. I mean, I like fiery guys, but I don't know. I, I don't see how he could talk so much smack when... And I know he was getting into it like... You know, him and Sean Payton have had this kind of thing all year long, but... Dude, you got burned in the first game. Like, just be happy you won. You barely won, too, because of a penalty. Like, come on. A missed penalty. I don't know. Marcus Peters is one of those guys. Kind of rubs me the wrong way, Greg. Grinds my gears. Grinds your gears, huh? Yeah. You want to talk about grinding my gears? Might as well just get into this next game. Is that it? We're done? We're done? I don't, is there anything else you want to talk about from, this, uh, from the Saints? Yeah, game? I think that Drew Brees probably retires if they win the Super Bowl. I think you said that at some point. And I was like, what? And I, I think you're right. Um, I think if they would have won the Super Bowl, he would have retired on top, um, ultimately. But now we will be back. And they'll, they'll make another run at this thing. And it's obviously very hard always to get back. Um, we'll talk about that with Kansas City in a second. But Saints got screwed, for sure. But had their chance. Has a team ever, two years in a row in the playoffs, lost the way that the Saints have lost? Back-to-back years. With the Minneapolis miracle mm-hmm. and then the blown... Ass interference call. I mean, look, I'm not an NFL historian, so I don't know the answer to that. But mm-hmm. yep, man, you know, uh, be hard pressed to find two worse ways to to for your season to end in back to back years with the Minneapolis miracle and then this uh, this blown no call. Brutal, absolutely freaking brutal. All right, let's move on to the other game, Pats Chiefs, where New England Patriots. Got a few calls yesterday themselves. Now they, the refs were pretty consistent. I thought like they missed a major, major pick play on the Chiefs. Then there was the phantom roughing the passer where they just waved at Brady. But again, you can argue that Patrick Mahomes, when he got like hit in the neck earlier on in the game, that could have that was sure. more of a roughing yeah. the passer than what happened to Tom Brady. Correct. But I, I, I share the same sentiments as you, Greg. Like you know, you can't argue about the roughing the passer penalty and then allow that pick play to go. Like, all right, they kind of got him back on that. They were like, we're not going to call this, and so it kind of evened out. Correct in terms of the ref. It kind of evened out. But again, I put I don't put the honest on on the refs. I put it on the Chiefs. Where it's going to make a stop, man. You need one third down stop. You had four of them. Right, how many four third and tens? I believe on that final drive in overtime, they couldn't get one stop. Forget all the stops going in, in regulation where they couldn't get, but in overtime, you had third and ten, third and ten, third and ten, third and ten. You could not get a stop. Tony Romo was unbelievable in this game. 
Why isn't he hired as a defensive coordinator? The guy's I'm, predicting every single play. As one, as somebody said on Twitter, it's what? one thing. It's one thing to know a play; it's another way to know how to stop the play. True. So, well, I'll tell you one thing: giving Julian Edelman free releases to the inside, Greg, is not a way to stop him from getting wide open in the middle of the field. And I tweeted this out last night after the game. Drink. It seemed like on every one of those third downs, two two of those third down conversions were to Edelman. One was to Gronk. It seems so obvious every single time. Julian Edelman, you're giving him a free release to the inside. They're not sending a double his way, anything. They're not jamming him. They're not trying to throw him off his route whatsoever. You let you give him a free release to the inside, and he just crosses the middle of the field, and he's open. And it's so obvious that Tom Brady's going to throw the ball to him. I'm just sitting there like, it, it just seems so obvious. Like, <laughs> Why are you letting this guy roam free, not hitting him, not jamming him, anything? Like, send a double team his way? Like, honestly, make Philip Dorsett be you. Like, that's my answer. Make Philip, like, if you have a safety in the middle of the field, throw him towards Julian Edelman's way. Like, the one guy you can't allow to beat you there on third downs is Julian Edelman. And it was just over and over. (laughs) I, I just don't understand, like, the defense, Bob Sutton, like someone needs to wake up there and, and let these guys know, like, you got to do something differently. Andy Reid, you can't take timeouts with you. <laughs> like, give your defense a chance to reset something, right? Like, if you're getting killed third down after third, like, all the timeout, let these guys reset, like, catch their breath. They were on the field the entire game, Greg. Time of possession here 44 minutes for the New England Patriots. 44 minutes, 20 minutes and 53 seconds for the Chiefs. Your defense was on the field the entire game. Andy Reid, call a timeout. Like, when you see them getting third down after third down in overtime, like, give, give your team a chance to catch their breath, something. And, you know, I talked about how close the, uh, the Saints and Rams were in terms of, like, team statistics overall. It wasn't close here. It, like, it wasn't even a game. Patriots, 36 first downs. They doubled up the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs had 18 first downs. Total plays run, Greg. Greg, I don't know if you saw this. The Patriots ran 94 plays yesterday. How many offensive plays do you think the Chiefs ran, Greg? The Patriots ran 94. They ran 51. 47. That's pretty close. More than double. Yeah. More than double the amount of plays. Like... It was a fantastic game plan from Belichick. Dude, he, he brought a lot of pressure in the first half. Patrick Mahomes missed a touchdown throw, which ultimately ends up being the deciding factor in this game because they lose by six points in overtime. He misses a touchdown throw to Damian Williams in the first half. The very next play, or two plays later rather, gets sacked and takes them out of field goal range. So, And I, and I thought you could see the, the, the nerves from Patrick Mahomes early on in this game. He overshot a few guys early on in this yeah. game. He didn't yep. look comfortable. Mm-hmm. I will say I didn't love the play calling from Andy Reid in the first half as well. A lot of running on first and second down and then putting Patrick Mahomes in third and long situations. I think that didn't help a young quarterback in the AFC Championship game hosting against Tom Brady and Belichick and the Patriots who have all this mystique behind them and all the experience in the world. I didn't love the play calling for the Chiefs in the first half, but I also thought Patrick Mahomes did not play well in that first half either. I thought uh, there were a few jitters there. I thought that they should have done uh, more in the screen game early on. Kind of like 
let's let Patrick Mahomes complete some passes, let him get in a rhythm, let him gain his confidence. I feel like there was none of that in the first half. Yeah, I agree. He got like some screen passes to yeah. Damian Williams, some some short routes to Tyreek Hill, who was typically he was nowhere to be found in this game. Nowhere. It was obvious that Bill Belichick in the first game in Foxborough earlier on in the season allowed what a billion yards and three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. It was clear. He was the guy that they were taking out of this game, Tyreek Hill. Aside from one big catch down the field, Tyreek Hill did nothing. But I thought that they should have found more creative ways um, on short passes early on to build Patrick Mahomes' confidence and gain some first downs. None of that in the first half. Uh, first half, masterful, masterful game plan from Bill Belichick Obviously. there. I also thought, Greg, Yes. Andy Reid kind of did this to himself early on in the game. As he too. tends to do. Don't overthink this, man. You win the coin toss in the fr- to start the game. Why do you give the Patriots the ball? We just saw what they did the week before against the Chargers. I don't agree with that, Greg. It was very clear. Belichick, who never takes the ball first, took the ball first against the Chargers, dominated, never looked back. Why do you give him the opportunity to go back to that same game plan that, that worked the week before against another very talented team in the, in the Los Angeles Chargers? I thought that was a bad job, Greg. That didn't bother me ultimately so much. Like, you got to keep, you got to do what you do, right? Like, what the Chiefs do is defer. That's, that's what they do. So, I'm not overthinking that Bill, one by Bill Andy Bill Belichick Reed. didn't do I, what he does no, the week no, before. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're so, right. you got to think when, when, when people think you're going to do one thing, you got to, that's how you beat a team like the Patriots, Greg. You can't be predictable. You can't just say, oh, this is what we always do. We're going to give the ball to the, to the New England Patriots. We're going to let them go on an eight-and-a-half-minute drive to open the game, run the football down our throats, score a touchdown, and before you know it, we're down 14-zip. And by the way, could have been down 21-zip if Tom Brady doesn't get picked off in the end zone. So, and, and we knew that that was what the Patriots wanted. To, like, they wanted to get off to a hot start. I just thought that was a bad job. I That's thought that fun. was a bad job by Andy Reid. Would I, I know you want to get the ball back in the second half yeah. against the Patriots. Yeah. Momentum. But if you get the ball first there and you score first, then you put a little pressure on Tom Brady and the Pats. I, I completely hear you. I, I do. But the thing that bothers me more, and I think you pointed it out, you, not I think, you pointed it out really well, was there was nothing to get Mahomes comfortable. And it shouldn't have been that hard to get comfortable. You know the nerves are rocking. It's the AFC Championship game. I get it. You're at home, man. You were at home in a really tough place to play. It's not the Superdome, but like it is a really, really tough outdoor location to play. And there should have been much more to get Mahomes comfortable than we saw. There had to be more to get Tyree Hill involved than we saw. I know a lot of what made Mahomes and the Chiefs special was Mahomes' ability to improvise and just chuck it downfield and Tyree Hill making magic. That was never going to work on a day like yesterday. I mentioned before just how hard it is to get back. How hard, man, is it for you to have the number one seed, have the Patriots in your building for once, to not have to play that 430 game divisional round weekend or wild card round weekend like you have to do every year, Andy Reid? How rare is it you have the number one seed in your own building you got the better quarterback on that season. Arguably the better team. And you failed miserably. And you had to be in comeback mode, and it took them a home heroics, and you got there. And your defense couldn't make one stop. Not one. It's a bad job by Andy Reid, like you said.
We'll obviously get into the overtime stuff when we come back from the break. Sure. Whether or not like it, there should be a different rule, that was today's poll as well. If you want to call in and talk about it as well, whether you're Chiefs, Pats, Rams, Saints fan, if you want to talk about the missed calls yesterday, if you want to talk about what the overtime rule should be, 844-843-6879. Greg, I was watching this Patriots-Chiefs game as if the Jets were playing in it yesterday. Really? That, that's like, that's a passion. I was were. seriously like... Rooting. I, 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 there were times where I didn't want to watch. I put my head in my hands like... And that, it was at that moment that I realized that I'm a legit Patriots hater. Yeah. Like, I am a legit Patriots hater. And I'll openly admit it. It's not that I'm like just tired. Like, like, oh, it's Tom Brady. I hate his face. Bill Belichick. Dude, I just want something different. I want, I, and I'm sure that, you know, that's why people didn't like the Yankees in the 90s. And, and, you know, I'm just tired. Like the Warriors and the Patriots. It's like the same thing every year. Three years in a row, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Five out of the last six. And, yes, if you're a Patriots fan... How much winning is too much winning? Probably never enough. And you're excited still, but I'm just tired of seeing the same. Like, give me some diversity in the NFL, man. Like, give me the cheat. And it speaks to how great they are and how great they've been for so long. But, and you respect it. But I, I'm just tired. Like, Dude, I don't the want to see the same teams in the Super since, Bowl. Since this, dynasty, since this dynasty started. For My whole Patriots. life has been the Patriots. My whole life. We'll take a break. I'll give you some stats when we come back. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. You're looking at the Patriots as a one and a half point favorite. They went from being the underdog. Now here they are, the favorite. And we talked about this on whether or not the Patriots should be the favorite in the Super Bowl against either one of those NFC teams, the Saints or the Rams. But yet, uh, Vegas is finding that a lot of the early money, there's a lot of money coming in here. Patriots one and a half point favorites heading into the Super Bowl. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Even the Frank playlist. Just keep me hanging on. At the game, got a gut feeling. No issue. 
Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile betting platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today. You'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag, open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000. MyBookie.ag, promo code is FNTSY. So as I said, going to the break, I had a couple of nostalgic stats for you. And that was the fact that when this all began for the Patriots, 2001, remember that was the, that 2001 season, the Super Bowl took place in 2002. It was Rams versus the Patriots. But not that anybody wants to do this, obviously. But like that, taking a step back and appreciating what we are witnessing. Right? Like, when they won this first Super Bowl with the same damn duo of Tom Brady at quarterback and Bill Belichick as the head coach and Adam Vinatieri and Steven Goskowski and the kickers. How much has changed for the Rams, man, right? Like, you had Kurt Warner and Dick Vermeil. This was before Mike Martz was the head coach of the Rams. That's how long ago it was. The Rams since then have gone through quarterback purgatory, quarterback hell, the Jeff Fisher era, Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt, Marshall Falk, all those guys you look back so fondly of as Rams. And you're like, wow, I remember those days. That was cool. That Rams team was really good. Man, who did that Rams team... Man, who did that Rams team lost in that Super Bowl of the year if they won? Who was that team? Oh, it's Patriots, that's right. The same damn Patriots team we have now! The same quarterback! The same coach! Sure, the defense is all different. The Teddy Bruschi's gone, and Ty Law, and Lawyer Malloy, and Vince Wilfork, they're all gone. I get that. It was before Rob Gronkowski, I, I understand. But it's the same team. It's the same guy. And the quarterback's the most important position, along with the head coach. Same guys that were there from the beginning. It's why they're the best ever, ever. Five out of six Super Bowls after a dynasty started 20 years ago. You got nothing, Greg? No. You got nothing? Nothing. Do you think, and this is just speculation, right. Frank, conspiracy theory. Frank. Here we go. Do you think the NFL wanted the Rams in the Super Bowl? Like, they wanted this to be the Super Bowl. Did they want the Rams-Patriots? Because they are the two biggest markets left in the playoffs at this point. Although, sure, sure, yeah, Although yeah. Breeze versus Brady would have had an awesome storyline as well. Yeah. But kind of like the come full circle storyline of like, this is the team that the Patriots started their dynasty against. Now the Rams have a chance to end. Like, no one's going to end the Patriots dynasty until they retire. Like, they're going to end their own dynasty when they retire. Because they lose this year and they come back. Like, they're just going to be back here again next year. No one's going to end their dynasty. But do you think that's kind of like a full circle thing that they wanted to happen? Like, did, did the NFL want Rams-Patriots? Was this the matchup they wanted, Greg? And did, maybe did that play into the fact that there was no call at the end of the Saints game? I don't think it played into anything. I think, I think it was very clear that the refs uh, were told to be hands-off and let the players play. Um, I don't think let they... Let the players play. Don't, you know, let a player kill another player and <laughs> don't sure. not throw your flag. Correct. <laughs> I think... I said this before I got sick, but it was the Patriots they wanted, and they didn't care the other side. The other side didn't matter to them. 
The LA market, yes, the number two market in in the country. You want them in there, no doubt. But Saints will work fine. Like New Orleans is always a very popular market for the NFL. Uh, Drew Brees certainly has the stature. He is a um, personality. Why doesn't the NFL want the future MVP in the Super Bowl, though? Like, is it because the Chiefs just aren't, like, a sexy franchise? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean... Like, obviously, everyone's talking about the Patriots today because everyone hates the Patriots. Everyone loves to hate the Patriots. Yeah. So if you just want people to talk about it, then yeah, I understand that's why you want the Patriots in it. But you don't tell me, you know, people aren't going to be talking about it if it's, like, a passing of the torch, Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes, like, the next great quarterback of this generation, or at least what we expect to be. Might be the MVP this year, yeah. playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 rematch of Thrilla Manila. So the thing with that is that Chiefs Rams matchup actually let a lot of people down on Monday night. Like as much, as much fun as it was, and it was just, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. The ratings were actually lower than the NFL expected that night. Really? Yeah. Wasn't it the most watched Monday night football game like ever? No. I thought I saw something. Like that. No, they they got a good rating. Don't get me wrong, they got a good rating, but it was not the rating that people expected in the industry. And that was, listen, that was my Super Bowl from the beginning. That's what I wanted. That's what I said it would happen. That's what I hoped would happen. Yeah, you call, that, that was your call before the season. It was. But this is what I take for picking Andy Reid to ever beat Bill Belichick at anything. Yeah. You mentioned going to break, Frank, and I think it works, it, it's worth getting into. Is the overtime rules. Should they change? Should they be adjusted? And for those that are on that side of things, I'm okay with it, man. I'm okay with the rules. Patriots went 80 yards to win the game. Defense matters. You couldn't stop the Patriots on four, third, and tens. You deserve to lose the game. I have no problem with it. Now, that was my thinking originally as well. Okay. Was, my, I was let down at first, and then I kind of realized, well, if you're on the side that they need to change the rules in overtime in the playoffs, you're probably just being a Patriots hater. Probably. You're right. They had, you know, they had every opportunity to stop the Patriots' defense here. If they limit them to a field goal, then they haven't. Uh, they have a chance to get the ball back. But I mean, there are cases to make the other way too, Greg. And I saw a lot of cases uh, on this. You know, a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. The Chiefs were the home team. They were the better team all year. They had the better record, and you award the home team with not even the opportunity to flip the coin. Right, like it goes to the away team, and that's the way it's always been. And I don't think they should change that. But should a coin toss, winning the coin toss, allow you the opportunity to, if you score, just end the game, even though the other team on the other side of the field had home field advantage in the playoffs, right? And was the best, the better team all season long, had the better record. Sure, should they really not get an opportunity? No, they shouldn't, because I understand not in the regular season, Greg, but in the playoffs. No, we don't just in the change playoffs, the rules. Greg. Why, why can't they do something similar to college football? Why can't they? They can do whatever they want. But like, Give a team an opportunity to match a touchdown. If you can't do that, then it's over. If you allow a touchdown, yeah. the field goal thing they do... They start both teams on the 50. You know how in, in overtime, in, in the college football, it's not college, college football because, they, do, they start both yes, teams on the 25? Because it's not college football. To me, like you put a team on the field at their own 25-yard line. They have 75 yards to go to win the game. You gotta make a stop. Defense matters. Like why? Like I'm sorry. Defense mm-hmm. matters. They had chance. That, that was chance. the way that, like, when I actually took a step back and like was rationalizing the situation last night, I agreed with you. That was my thinking. Was 
play some defense. This isn't, you know, college football. They, like, we know offense runs supreme in college football. I mean, you see teams, you know, 70, into the 70s, 60s, so on. Like, offense runs college football. But in I mean, the NFL, I mean, you got to be able to play, you got to be able to make a stop. I do agree with you, but I, offense, see, listen, I see both sides. Listen, offense runs everything. You don't want to do it in the regular season. You want games to, you don't want games to end in a tie. You don't want games to take forever. You can't do that in the regular season. I understand. But if you're talking about fairness, is this the fairest possible scenario for a home team to not even have an opportunity because of a coin toss? Like, that's what you're leaving it up to. Yeah. And, and another argument no, that I saw. No, I'm Greg, not, Greg, another argument I saw, right? Imagine in baseball, in the playoffs, the top of extra innings, a team score, game over. Should, it be al- should that be allowed? Uh-uh. If a team scores in the top half of, the, of extra innings, mm-hmm. it's a walk-off. It's over. Because your pit- then the argument would be your pitching wasn't good enough. Or your defense wasn't good enough. Right. Like, if you don't want to lose, then, then just pitch better. Right. And that would technically be the argument that you're making right now for why the Chiefs shouldn't get the ball back in overtime. I see your analogy, right? Like, I, it makes sense. Mm. Baseball's a very different game now, right? Like, it's, it, it's, a, very, it's a very different game. Football's now. the only sport that I believe that does this. Well, of course. There's no other, there, there's no other sport that does this. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, what I was reading it was technically hockey, right? Like, if you score in hockey in overtime, like, it's over. Sure, but it's not like, like both teams don't have an opportunity to right, touch the just, puck. puck. Like it's back and forth. Right. Yeah. It's a face-off. You know, yeah, it's, it's not, not like, oh, someone just wins face-off, like shoots from, sure. and it's over. You can't, you can't, they can't happen. It yeah, has it, happened, it, but... Barely ever. Yeah, very, 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 very rarely. I just think... I'm not saying it's perfect, and like college overtime would obviously be more fun and maybe more fair. Well, pro- definitely more fair because both teams have a chance on offense, but I make a stop. You gotta make a stop. The rules are where they are, and you gotta make a stop. And you could point out they've had they had sixty minutes before that. It's one Gronk stop, man. It's one one element stop. It's one D Ford not lining up off sides. Yeah, we How about that? talked about that. Yeah, Brady threw the game ceiling interception. It was over, and D Ford not even jumped. Just lined up off sides. That is a mental mistake. Like, you jump to try to get an advantage. I understand Great that. Great point, yeah. I understand that. All right. You get the interception, it's game over. It's game over. Game over. He lined up offsides. Good old Denzel Washington, remember the Titans style. He's lining up offsides. <laughs> and he did. He lined up offsides. That's unacceptable. You're a professional football player that gains in the line. How do you do that? Again, it's not that you jumped. It's not that you tried to get an advantage that you were quick. That happened. That's fine. You just lined up off sides. D Ford's the one that really today should be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sitting in front of his locker, I cost his team today. Because he did. I mean, you blame the entire Chiefs defensive front. They didn't even touch Brady. And. That was a credit to their offensive line as well. Unbelievable. They were getting rid of the ball fast. They were running the football a lot as well. So, granted. But Brady still threw the ball 46 times. Remember, they ran 94 plays. He threw the ball 46 times. Compared to Patrick Mahomes' 31. So, Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 15 less times. Was sacked four times in this game. Lost 46 yards. Took his team out of field goal range with one of those sacks. Tom Brady was not touched in this game. 
This is more masterful job. Like, dude, they bring in new guys to their offensive line like every couple of years. Brady L- takes lose Nate Solder. Brady like takes a pay cut every year so that they can, you know, they can continue to pay offensive linemen and stuff. And they have like the His greatest wife makes more money than he does. Coaches uh, in the NFL all the time. Like they. Nobody in the NFL coaches up offensive line play better than the New England Patriots. I think Scarnecchia. You were uh, you were you were reminded of that here, um, Greg. What did you think about Rex Burkhead's usage? Now I thought this was interesting. Kind of bring it back to fantasy football a little bit here. Tony Michelle, twenty nine carries, and you can argue, all right, he he had his workload for the day. Like he was he, he touched the ball enough. I thought it was something different, Greg. You saw it really in the fourth quarter, and I know Michelle scored a touchdown, but really most of the fourth quarter and overtime was Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. Do you think that goes back to Sony Michelle having fumbling issues in college? Because that's exactly what I thought. No, I didn't actually. I, so I thought now somebody saw told me that after the second touchdown that that Michelle tweaked something. I didn't see that. Um, but what I thought it was, especially um, as the the Patriots are playing comeback mode and not as, not as a keepaway mode. When it was keepaway mode. It was Sony Michelle, but. Rex Burkhead's the one guy, the one running back they have that they love to use because you don't know what's coming. When James White's out there, they're passing the ball. When Sonny Michelle's out there, they're running the ball. Same thing we said about Deion Lewis last year. Exactly. With Rex Burkhead, they could do either. And I think that was most of the fourth quarter, and especially overtime, because you didn't necessarily want to know. Now, I was surprised at the end of the game, especially after the Chiefs, um, after they got into the Chiefs five, where they originally pulled Burkhead and they brought Michelle over the touchdown on the fourth and inches. I was surprised we didn't see Michelle there, but he just wanted to rush and, and keep it going uh, with a Rex Burkhead. That was my only surprise. I really thought it was basically dependent on trying to keep the mystery up a little bit. That was my thought process there. With that, I want to sign off of YouTube for today. Chris Venture, Jim Day, and Corey Parson have the Fantasy Football Frenzy coming up next. They debut the Fantasy Sports Network Top 100. The Top 100 Fantasy Football Players of 2018 have been ranked. And it's not just based on how many points they have scored. It's when they scored it. It's when it took place. It's how important it was to your fantasy football team, not counting uh, twenty, not counting week 17. It's a fantastic list. Uh, I had a little input in it. So make sure you check it out. The Fantasy Football Frenzy with Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture. That comes your way next. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, and do it all for us. We appreciate it here uh, on the Fantasy BFFs. We go another three minutes or so, Frank. Yeah, to me, I took it as... Just Brady, you know the uh, the Belichick gif, rather him just like laughing, like chuckling. Sure. <laughs> it was like, oh, they're getting excited about Sony Michelle. Send in Rex Burkhead. I just thought it was funny. It, it, that was what I thought of, and it it made sense in my mind because Sony Michelle did have fumbling issues in college. And what's the one thing that we know? Like you can't fumble under Belichick, and you know Sony Michelle did a great job of not fumbling. Yeah, this year, definitely to his credit. So um, shout out to Sony Michelle. Great ball security all season long. But I just thought that was somewhat in the back of Belichick's mind. Like, we cannot afford to turn the ball over any way whatsoever. I'm going to put Rex Burkett in here, who has my utmost trust. That's how I view this. I, think Sony I, Mich- I, I can see both sides. I think Sonny Michelle earned, um, earned it, in all honesty. He earned, 29 he, for he 113 and two uh, touchdowns yesterday for Sonny Michelle. And of course, in the BFF contest, this was the week that I toasted you James White over time. I also use James, James White. James White hates me, dude. Judy and I really struggled this week. James White. Really hates me. I ended struggled. up finishing like sixth or seventh. I was close. I was like right there, like yeah. on the cusp of like third for like a long time. 
thought I was going to be able to cash out again. And if I had Sony Michelle, it's not even close. Like I, I finished inside the top three, but and and originally I had Sony Michelle. You know, originally I had Michelle and Brandon Cooks in my lineup. Really, I took them out for Robert Woods and James White. That sucks. Judy Don't Ma- overthink it, man. Leave, G- leave leave your original team. Go with your first instinct. Judy made us go with Gurley. That, that wasn't great. I had C.J. Anderson. Ted Ginn was all right. Sammy Watkins was great. Watkins was awesome. I had Patrick Mahomes. I had Kelsey. I had a really good feeling about Sammy Watkins this week, too. Yeah, I really cheap. liked Watkins. I think Chris Hogan was even, like, serviceable. Five for 45. I mean, whatever. For as cheap as he was. How about Gronk, Craig? We haven't talked about Gronk the entire show. No, we haven't. We want to talk about weird things all season long. How the girly injury is weird. Gronk, they need him most. Stepped up. The most targeted player on the team. With 11 targets. How about that? Six for 79. And made, you know, one of the most, two of the most crucial catches in the game. Yeah. Tom Brady drops back. Oh, I'm just going to loft this up towards Gronk. And who's guarding him? Eric Berry. Well, Eric it's Berry. That's who, sh- who should be guarding. Gronk. Mind you, who has missed time this year. A lot of time. Like, this is only his third game that he's played in. You could argue whether he's 100% or not. One of the best in the league at covering tight ends. I'm just going to loft this up to Gronk. Pulls it down like nothing when they need him most. In overtime, third down conversion. Tony Romo calls it out before the play. Oh, Gronk here at the top of the screen. They're what going I his safety. Like, uh, you see the safety move down a little bit? He's going to the ground. Happens. It was awesome. Someone hired Tony Romo as a defense Tony player. Romo, man, who I used to hate as a player. Unbelievable announcer. Like, I enjoy watching games for him. I'm excited for the Super All Bowl. All in the Super Bowl, too. For Tony Romo. Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Let's do it again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.